This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. So I'm, uh, I'm excited for this week. And uh, yeah, so we're standing here at, a, at, a, at a, new, a new year and also at the start of a, a new decade. So I'm sure a lot of us have a, a bit of excitement, some expectation for some good things to come, thanks. Some good things to come this year and, uh, and decade. Um, huh? Who's excited about this year? Come on. Okay, good. So we have some excitement. We have some expectation. I mean, what the year has endless possibilities of what God could do. And so we should be. We should be excited. We should have an expectation of uh, the good that's, that's going to come. But I was, uh, uh, during those holidays, I, um, I, I, you know, I, as my usual habit is, every morning I spend time with God and until 9 o'clock, basically every morning for a few hours I would read the Word and I would spend time with God and, and, and that was good. But, I, but to be honest, I feel like my, my heart was divided. I was, I was not fully in. You know, you know when you're not fully in. You're going through the motions. You... You read, but you're not, you're not pursuing God. You're just going through the motions, and that's how I felt. And then on Monday, as we started, Sonic and I started the day, we had a fasted on Monday, and, and we were like getting ready for the year, and, I, and, and man, I was like, I am not motivated, which is quite weird for me. I was not motivated. I was like, what am I doing? Why? Why this year? What? What excites me? I'm like, I'm not excited. I'm, 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 I'm really battling with my motivation. Maybe some of us also are battling a bit with our motivation. But so I was going through these motions of, 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 of uh, thinking, man, what, 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 what will get me moving? And uh, Monday didn't, much didn't happen on Monday, but Tuesday morning in prayer about the year, I felt the Lord whisper a promise to me and it, yo, it just shifted everything for me. And so, so some of us are excited, some of us are not as motivated, and some of us might be a little bit anxious about the year and the decade. What if the economy tanks this year? What if ESCOM says, man, we want to go next level? Level 8 and beyond. Please no. Maybe the water dries up. Or maybe, maybe something, some, a precious relationship in our lives dies. You know, it's like all these thoughts that can come through your mind. And if you, and if you ponder them, if you, if you put your focus on all the what-ifs, you could begin to hyperventilate. The what-ifs. You know, and um, so I want to I I answer this question today. How can we overcome this year? How can we overcome? How can, we, how can, how can this be a year of, of not anxiety, but of peace and joy and victory in God? And so on, on, on Tuesday morning, I was, um, as I was, I was praying, and, and I just felt the Holy Spirit whisper for me, and I believe for us, the key to overcome this year, 
the Lord said to me, Holy Spirit said to me, this is the year of my presence. This is the year of my presence. I was like, yes, <laughs> what a promise. What a beautiful promise because I'm reminded of all the previous times in my life where I experienced the presence of God and, I, and, and, and everything that moved out of that or flowed from that. You see, when, when God is present, anything's possible. You know, when, when, when we dwell in God's presence, then, you know, you come alive. When you dwell in God's presence, then you know peace and joy. When you dwell in God's presence, then all things become possible. When you dwell in God's presence, then the fears and the anxieties, they fade away. And then suddenly it's like, let's do this. And I believe this is a promise that God gives to all of us. He's saying, this is the year of God's presence. This is the year of God's presence. But now the question is, how do we, how do we step into His presence? How do we dwell there? How do we live there? Because there's so many people that don't live in the Lord's presence. And I want to I wanna encourage, I want to help. I give you some tools this morning so that you and I can step into the Lord's presence. Okay, but I want to I read this verse it, in, in Matthew, Mark 10, 26 to 27. I've been sitting on this verse for about a month now. And, and it's been, so, been speaking to me. And, and this adds to the... To this, of the presence of God. It says there, uh, as Jesus um, that asked the guys a question or, or spoke to these disciples, and they were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Then they, and they were greatly astonished, saying among themselves, who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, with men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Come on, say with God. With God all things are possible. The moment God steps onto the scene, all things become possible. It's His presence. You see, the, I've, I've seen it so many times in my own life. I'm, I'm not as motivated. I my, I'm, don't have so much faith. I'm, I, I, I don't really know what's coming. And then, and then the moment I step into His presence, I'm like, I have, I have faith. My faith is unlocked. The moment the presence of God tangibly moves upon us, your faith is unlocked and fears flee. Amen. You see, God, God is everywhere, yes, but He is not tangibly everywhere. And He's looking for a people where He can dwell. He's looking for a people that would open the door and say, God, you are welcome to dwell here among us. So the presence of God... Unlocks faith. In the presence of God, with God, all things are possible. So what if you and I make this our mission this year? To not worry about all the other things in our lives, but just have one mission. God, I want to dwell in your presence. God, I want to walk in your presence. God, I want to experience you. God, I want to, in your presence, I encounter his goodness and his love. God, I want to push beyond, I want to move beyond where I was into you. You know, I know for some of us, you might not have context for what I'm speaking about because you've never experienced His presence, the fullness of His presence. Many of us have at moments, but I want to say that that is where life happens, in His presence. So a quick sort of a history to give you some background. 
concerning the presence of God. At the very beginning, Genesis chapter 1 and 2 and 3, you know, God wanted to be with Adam and Eve. He wanted, he wanted to be with them. He wanted, it says that he walked in the cool of the afternoon with his son and daughter. It was like, oh, God's like, I want to be with you. God is saying to every one of you, I want to be with you. I want to dwell with you. I want to, I, I want to walk with you. And then what happened? Mankind sinned. We were defiled. And the result was that God's presence drew away. And He could no longer dwell with us because His presence would kill us. Because He is so holy and He's so glorious. And so His presence drew back. But then God kept on pursuing mankind. He, he, he came to Abraham and said, Abraham, come. Come out. I want to I be with you. I am your exceedingly great reward. Abraham. And then He moved. And then later, Moses and the Israelites... And then they came out of Egypt and they were in the, in the desert. And then God gave this beautiful blueprint. He gave them the, 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 the key to build a temple or a tabernacle, Moses' tabernacle, a tent, so that God could dwell in the midst of the people. Now you, most of you should have heard about this before. And so there was the outer court and then there was the inner court, the holy place. And then there was the most holy place. Where God's tangible presence dwelt. So you had Israelites all around this tabernacle. You had the outer court. And then and it, it became harder and harder to get into the presence of God. The tangible presence of God. Most could be outside. Some could be there. Only a few there. And only the high priest could get into the most holy place once a year. Once a year. He would walk into the presence of God with a lot of blood. A lot of blood sacrifices to atone for all the people's sins so that they would not die. Yet there was one guy that dwelt in the presence of God. Do you know who is that one guy? During that time. Moses. This is the one time the answer is not Jesus. <laughs> Moses. Moses dwelt in the presence of God. Moses spoke to God face to face. Moses' face literally shone with the glory of God. It put a veil over his face because it was freaking people out. They were seeing lightnings and flashes. They were like, Moses, please cover your face. But, but I believe what Moses experienced is an invitation for us New Testament believers. Saying that should be the norm. The people of God dwelling in the presence of God. You see, but over that, in that era and later, there's always been what's called the veil. It's like a curtain. This curtain. So in Moses' tabernacle, there was this curtain. And then later on with Solomon's temple, there was this curtain. And no one could go there except for the high priest. And so God had to make a way. He had to make a plan because he was like, I want to dwell with my people. I delight in them. I del God delights in you. And he wants to dwell with you. He wants to be in your house. He wants to be in your home. He wants to fill your heart. He wants to, to wrap you up in His presence. Nothing compares to that. Sensing, feeling, experiencing the very tangible presence of God. But so what did God do? What did He do so that you and I could dwell in His presence? Jesus came. You see, Jesus always comes in somewhere. Jesus came. And he died on that cross. But it's so powerful. Because as he was dying on the cross. In Matthew 27 verse 50. As he breathed his last. 
It says there, and Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Verse 51, then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth quaked and the rocks were split. Massive shift in our world, in our realm. The veil was torn from the top to the bottom. God came and He said, I am breaking down that veil. I am removing that which is between me and my people. I'm tearing it down. I'm opening the way so that you and I can dwell in His presence. Come on, say it. The veil has been torn. The veil has been torn. Everything that kept you out of God's presence has been dealt with. God has made a way. He's made a plan through His blood as Jesus shed His blood. Now, if you're new to Christianity, it's like, wow, people are talking a lot about blood today. (laughs) But if you understand the Old Testament, all the sacrifices atoning for the sins of mankind, for the sins of the Israelites, so that God can be in their midst. The blood of Jesus Christ paid the price so that we can just come. Amen. Come on, say it. I can just come. Yes, you, you and I, we can just come. We can just draw near to God. You see, you see it all through the Old Testament and the New Testament. We see it that when, when God's presence, when the tabernacle, the place where God was dwelling, when it dwelt in someone's house, that place was blessed. They, they told King David, that house is so blessed since the presence of God has been dwelling there. And then when the armies of God, when they had God with them, they won. And in Israel's case, The whole nation was blessed because God was with them. How would the Eastern Cape look like if God would come in His glory tangibly? How would our lives look? How would your business look? How how would life look? What would life look like if God was tangibly present? I believe that's the invitation that the Lord is holding before us. He's inviting you and me into, into His presence. You see, in His presence, you experience His love. In His presence, you hear His voice. In His presence, we are transformed. Dead religion changes no one. Why is it dead religion? Because God isn't tangibly there. The real deal is where God is there. Let's not settle for a Christianity without Christ. So many settles for it. But I believe there's an invitation for you and me to draw, to draw near. So look at this, Hebrews 10, verse 19. And it speaks again of what Jesus did for you and me. It says, therefore, brethren, having boldness. Come on, say boldness. Boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. You know, the, the high priest in the Old Testament, the holy guy was trembling to go in because he could die. And yet this encourages Be bold. Why? Because you don't come because of your works. You come because of what Jesus has done. It says they enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way which he consecrated for us. Through the veil that is his flesh. You see, Jesus made a pathway for you and me to enter into his presence. That's that invitation I saw. I saw this uh, picture in my mind's eye this week of God the Father sending out invitations to every one of us. Saying, hey, you're invited into my presence. 
you're invited into my presence. He gives us his promises. This is the year of my presence. It's not based on our works. It's based on his. Let that encourage you. Let that stir you and say, God, I want your presence. Come on, let's say, God, I want your presence. Every man or woman of God in the Bible that changed the world, impacted the world, they had a hunger for the presence of God. But now the question is, why do so many not dwell in the presence of God? If the veil has been torn and if everything's been removed, there's no obstacle anymore. What's the issue now? Why, why are we not entering in? I, 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 I feel I have the answer to that. The answer is there's another veil now. It's called our flesh. Our flesh. There's another veil and we have to push through that veil if we want to be in His presence. I'll explain in a moment. But why do so few people dwell, not dwell in His presence? Number one reason, the number one reason why we don't dwell in His presence tangibly, we lack hunger. We lack desperation. We've settled for an existence without His presence. You see, when you lack hunger for God, you're spiritually sick. Did you know that? When you like get up in the morning, like, I don't want to spend time with God. You're sick. There's something wrong. You were designed by God to live for Him, to love Him, to dwell in His presence, to be filled with Him, to be clothed in His goodness and glory. That was You were made for that. And yet when we do not desire that, that means I am spiritually sick. And as I was feeling like a week or so ago, I'm like, man, something isn't right because I'm not desperate for His presence. I'm not desperate for pursuing Him. There's something massively wrong. David, and, and, and this reveals the heart of a man who hungers for God. and says one thing. Come on, say one thing. I ask from the Lord. One thing. This only... Do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life? Why in the house of the Lord? Because of the presence of God is there. To gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. King David, a man who has everything. He says, that means nothing to me. One thing, God, I desire you. A desperation, a hunger for God. And then verse 5, it says, For in the day of trouble, He will keep me safe in His dwelling. You see, when you dwell in His presence, He'll protect you. He'll keep you safe. And He will hide me in the shelter of His sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. There's something so beautiful that happens when we dwell in His presence. Supernatural protection is also ours when we dwell in His presence. It's beautiful. So there's this beautiful promise in the scripture that says, the Lord has given us grace. Grace. Do you know what grace is? I discovered this beautiful definition for grace. Grace is the empowering presence of God that enables us to do what only God can do. Grace. It is the empowering presence of God that enables you and me to do what only God can do. It's like God through us, but it's His presence upon us. Grace. You have received grace. So just come. So then the second reason why, first reason is lack of hunger, lack of desperation. And then secondly, the new veil, the flesh. Let's look at Romans 8 verse 13. I want to I equip you. I want to help you to, to 
press through into the presence of God. And if you've never experienced the presence of God, just trust me, this is where you want to be. This is where you want to be. Romans 8.13 says, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. If you live according to the flesh, you'll never go through into the presence of God. You always stay outside His presence, therefore you will die. You will stagnate. You will not have fullness of life. But if you live by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So what it says to us is that God, His Holy Spirit, has been made available to us to help us to crucify the flesh so that we can step through and into the presence of God. So let me just unpack this for us. The flesh. Three, three areas of the flesh. Number one, fleshly desire. When you pursue other things but God's presence, you're going to miss out. This is the veil, the veil that's keeping us out. When you pursue other things, fleshly desire, you pursue other things and you've fallen for the lie that other things will satisfy you and not God Himself. Flesh. Fleshly desires that keeps us out. But we need to prioritize His presence. A year of His presence. An invitation has been sent out. So we need to say, no, no we need to downscale other things and say, God, your presence, that nothing compares to your presence. Secondly, fleshly thinking. That's where the, the, we think like in a fleshly way, in an earthly way. It's like, man, I'm not good enough. I've, I've done too much wrong. I don't qualify. God doesn't like me. Those are fleshly thinking. Those fleshly thoughts will keep us from pushing through the, this veil. There's this curtain of the flesh. And you and I must push through this veil into His presence. I'll, 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 I'll share something practical in a moment. But you need to push through the veil. You need to push through the flesh if you want to dwell in His presence. That's the only thing between you and God right now is the flesh. Fleshly thinking. Renounce the lies of the enemy. And then thirdly, when you and I begin to trust in our comforts. So over the last few months, I've been wrestling with this. You know, because God is good and we're blessed. You know, we have food on the table. We have, you know, we have options in life. You know, currently, your average middle-class South African lives like a king lived a thousand years ago. We have options. We can shop. We can shop online. They will bring it to your door. We can, we can go to restaurants. We can have takeaways. We can drive in our cars for most of us. We, can, we have options. If we don't like it, we can go overseas and experience fire. In Australia. Ah, uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> there are challenges everywhere. But you and I have options. And, and, and the human nature is as follows. We tend to not want to be desperate for God. We tend to not want to put all our trust in the Almighty. We tend to shift our trust onto other things. We want to trust in our bank account. We want to trust in our possessions. We want to trust in our jobs. We want to trust in our knowledge. We want to trust in our wisdom. We want to trust in all these other things. And the result is we're comfortable and we're not desperate. And we need to shift that if you and I want to dwell in the, if we want to, if we're going to be desperate enough to push through the veil and into His presence, we need to Move our trust from all these other things. 
So for the last month or so, I've been just praying this prayer over and over again. God, I lay down this and this and this. I'm not going to put my trust in that. No, Lord, I'm not going to put my trust in that. No, Lord, I'm not going to put my trust in that. You know, when we started this church at Lavender Blue around 10, 11 years ago, I was desperate because there was 15 people (laughs) and a whole lot of other challenges. I was absolutely desperate. I haven't prayed as much in my life as those six months after we came here because God, only you, can make this work. You know, and over time it gets easier. Church grows and things get easier and just awesome people in the church. And it's so easy to shift your trust then from God to others, even people. And that's a recipe for a disaster because it makes us passive, makes us lazy. It keeps us out of the presence. It, you're not desperate. You know, sometimes the blessings we experience in our lives can be the greatest curse when it comes to desperation for God. Unless we daily, I want to I encourage us to do this daily, say, Lord, I'm not going to put my faith, you know, I'm not putting my faith in the past. Lord, we've seen some awesome things, wonderful miracles. You've done so many great things. But I'm not going to, I don't want to just talk about 10 years ago or 5 years ago or last month. Lord, I want to I wanna share about what you're doing right now. I want to dwell in your presence, God. We're thankful for what you're doing. We're thankful for every blessing. But God, we're not putting our trust in it. We're desperate. Are you desperate? Are you hungry? For God, are you allowing the flesh to pull you down and to keep you out? Don't settle for things that don't truly satisfy. And that's why we need to crucify the flesh. You know, when we were in Cambridge location about a year ago, um, we walked there amongst the people, amongst the shacks, you know. We went to meet some of the people and pray for them. And uh, it's a shock so we went into this one shack, and there was an oldish lady, and she was drunk. And she was like, pray for me. I want to be free from this alcohol. Pray for me. I want to be free. Man, my heart broke for her. We went into another shack, and there was a lady there, oldish lady, a lot of young kids running around, and she was depressed. She was just, she didn't even want to stand. And, and she was just like, I don't know where food's going to come from. I don't, know, I, I don't know where food's going to come from for, for all of us. Yo, that rocked me. Many, many people in our country have no options. You and I, most of us here have options. But we need to lay down those options so that we'd be hungry for God. And you see, we see in, in the book of Revelation where um, the, the elders around the throne, they had crowns on their heads. They, I mean, they were in heaven. They were, they were exalted by God. They were blessed. They were celebrated. You know what they did? They fell to their knees and they threw their crowns on the ground and said, God, only you are worthy. So they, they, they took all the blessings and they just threw it down before God and said, Lord, we don't value these things. We value you. We value you. And I know this is maybe challenging for some of us. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to call you into another dimension where you're going to come alive like never before. But you have to push through the flesh. You have to push through your fears. 
I want to encourage us, make that your daily prayer. Lord God Almighty, I lay it down. Push through the flesh to stand in God's presence. Look at this in Mark chapter 10, verse 23. And we're still speaking about overcoming this year. No, it doesn't feel like it right now. <laughs> but if we want to overcome, we need to dwell in His presence. And so in this passage, Jesus speaks and He, and he, and he continues on what I'm now saying. He says, Then Jesus looked around and said to His disciples, How hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were astonished at His words. But Jesus answered again and said, Children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. You see it. How hard it is for those who trust in their possessions or their jobs or their relationships or their whatever it might be. How hard it is for anyone that trusts in something else but God to enter the kingdom or to enter His presence. And so I want to encourage us. It says there, it is easier, verse 25, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And they were greatly astonished, saying among themselves, who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, with men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, come on, say with God. With God all things are possible. Don't allow the blessings that come your way to be your curse. God wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. But He wants you and me to be a, a, a vessel through which we can be blessings to others. We don't worship the blessings of God. Amen. If we want to dwell in His presence. How hungry are you for God today? How hungry are you? How desperate are you for God today? I want to stir. I'm trusting for a fire on the inside of you to start burning like never before. Say, God... I want you. One thing, Lord, as David said, one thing I ask, God, that I may dwell in your presence. You know, as this fast is coming up, one of the best ways to move, press through the veil is to fast. So when we were uh, on our way to Marmersbury, middle of last year, um, I think we did, I did a, so we did a three-day fast or something like, just a water fast for three days. And I tell you, and, and before that, I was like battling with some of the fast. I wasn't as focused. So it, was, it was a challenge. But I tell you, that fast, just water fast for three days, it went past in a blink of an eye because my eyes were upon the goal. I was going to go to Cape Town for ministry, but then also going to my cousin, whose little baby had a... Blood on the brain is now invalid, and we're trusting that Jesus would touch this child. So all I was seeing was, God, if I would press through the veil of the flesh, and I would dwell in your presence, what could happen? What could God do? And so because my eye was on the Lord, and my heart was filled with love for this family, uh, friends, family of ours, I was just like, I don't care about a little bit of discomfort. I was like, Lord, I desire you. You see, if you want to fast, but you don't have a mission, you're probably not going to make it. (laughs) You must be moved on the inside. You say you have a hunger, a thirst, a fire on the inside. God, I trust you for you. And then you're going to push through when the hunger pains come. You say, nah. It's just hormones. It's not real. I have enough to go 
to keep me going for a while. <laughs> and and the, the baby wasn't healed. There was improvements in sleep and so forth. But I had the privilege of leading my cousin to Christ. It was worth it. It's worth it. We, see, we saw incredible things that God did over that weekend. But I knew I had to praise through into His presence so that God can show up. And who wants God to show up this year, 2020? Huh? Come on. But it's gotta, the, God has done everything from His side. He has removed the veil. But now you need to push through the veil, the flesh veil. You need to push through if you want to stand in the presence of God. You know... So the, the flesh speaks to us. This, it's a very thin veil. You need to press through it and you're going to be in His presence. But the flesh says, be lazy. The Spirit says, pursue the Lord. The flesh says, sleep in. The Spirit says, get up and pray. Oh man, that's a word for some of us. The flesh says, man, it's not going to make a difference. The Spirit says your life is significant and lives depend upon you seeking God. That's what the Spirit is saying. You need to believe. Otherwise, you're not going to. The flesh says when it comes to fasting, I'm going to die. The Spirit says push through and fast, man. There's a beautiful reward on the other side. The flesh says, ah, no, man, then listen to this guy. What does he know? You can do this year without God. You've got this. No, the Spirit says, no, you don't have what it takes for 2020. You don't have what it takes for this year. But God does. And the sooner we realize that, and the sooner we get over ourselves and come to the end of ourselves, that is when God starts to work. That is when God shows up. That is when the Lord appears on the scene because, okay, they're desperate. They're desperate. Until you come to desperation, you're not going to push through the veil. You're going to like, oh, can this guy please just get over it? This is really long. <laughs> I want to go home. But if you're hungry, you're like, nothing is too long. I'm, I'm, I'm after him. I'm after Jesus. I'm after his tangible presence. Let's go a little bit longer. Let's wait a little bit longer upon His prayer. Let's pray a little bit longer. You pray for 10 minutes, now go for 15. You pray for an hour, now go for an hour and a half. You've fasted for one day, now go for three. How hungry are you? If you want Him, if you want Him, then you need to push through. And I know the flesh will say, say to some of us, hey, I'm, I'm afraid to let go. I'm afraid to not put my trust in all these other things. I'm afraid to fast. And I understand that. I tell you, when before a fast, especially a longish fast, then I'm like, woo! It's like before a game, big rugby game, you know, you're going to run onto the field. You need to psych yourself up. You're going to say, okay, that's the goal. The mission is, I want to punch that guy in the face. That's, that's the mission, rugby. <laughs> you know? So you have to have this mission, this goal. What is your mission this year? I would say mission number one, his presence. Mission number two, what, what do you want to flow? What, what are you desiring God to do out of His presence, from His presence? Make it your goal and then pursue Him. You know? I mean, secular science is also discovering now the benefits of fasting. It is healthy. Many, many sports professionals are fasting, using fasting to train their bodies better. Fasting is brilliant. It is healthy. 
I'll give you many reasons why it is actually healthy. You know, but what happens is with, with many of us is that over time we become dull. You know, like an axe. You're like an axe and you're like, you're hitting the wood and you're licensed sharp. It's working really nicely. So what should you do now? Hit harder? No. Sharpen the axe. And then you can cut. Some of us, our hearts have become dull. Some of us, our spiritual senses have become dull. You want to sharpen your sense again? You want to sharpen your heart? You want to get you focused again? Fast. Fast. I want to, I want to encourage us to, to do, even this week, I want to invite you to fast media for a week. Entertainment. To, to minimize it for this coming week. Just say, I'm going to shut down all the other things. If Facebook is your Achilles heel, shut it down. Or series, just shut it down. Just, just silence all the other distractions and then get into the Word of God. Come on. Try it this week. Give it a shot and you're going to see God will bless you. There's a guy called Smith Wigglesworth. He was, uh, lived in the early 1900s, died around 1945-ish. And he was a man of God, a powerful man of God. Incredible miracles happened in his life. And he was wild when it came to cutting out distractions. So if someone would visit him, I mean, it, was, it wasn't even the internet in those days. So if someone would visit him and they have a newspaper under the arm, he would look at them and say, leave that rubbish outside. Don't bring that rubbish into my house. Now, I like reading the newspapers. But I know that sometimes when I read it too much, it just makes me dull. When you, you consume too much of the world, it just makes you dull. So how about being a little bit radical? Just silence those other voices. I mean, why would you want to listen to people's opinions who are mostly wrong instead of just listening to God's word and what God is saying was the truth? I went into a YouTube site, it was yesterday, and uh, it was a video about the existence basically of God. And you, you should have seen those comments there. Oh, I was reading it, and the guys were like, there is this guy so dumb, and how can he be so stupid, and nah, 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 nah. and I'm reading, I'm like, there's so much arrogance, there's so much pride, there's, they know nothing. The Bible says, the man who says there is no God is a fool. So the Bible says you're stupid, because he is so real. He is so powerful, his evidence is all around us. So why do you want to listen to a whole lot of opinions that's just wrong? Rather, get into his word. Let his word fill you, and then you push into his presence. Come on. Come on. You can do it. The last verse I want to read. Jeremiah 9, verse 23. It says, Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Yes, you might have wisdom. You might have a good take on how to do things. But don't. Trust in it. Don't boast in it. Don't glory in it. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Don't glory in your physical abilities or your means in whatever way it might be. Nor let the rich man glory in his riches. Don't trust in it. It flies away like a bird. But let him who glories glory in this. Let him who boasts boast in this. Let him who trusts trust in this. That he understands and knows me. That I am the Lord exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. Boast in that. Boast in, man, I know God. And He's inviting me to come deeper. Come on, let's say it. I'm going deeper. 
this year, if you, as you dwell in His presence, all things become possible to you. I have seen this so many times. In any area. You see, God loves you as a loving Father. He is able to do anything. Anything. The Word of God says, delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. But delight yourself in Him. And then, you say, man, like any loving dad or mom would, like you see, you see the desires of your child, and you say, I'm going to make it happen. God wants to make it happen. He wants to pour His goodness into you. He wants to bless you. He wants to do more than you can imagine. But He does not want us to put our trust in those things. Only put your trust in Him. Next level faith becomes available when you have no other options but Him. So how many options do you have for this year? I have one option. God, you. I desire you. Nothing else will satisfy. There's one option for me, God. I want to dwell in your presence so that lives can be changed. God, I want to dwell in your presence so that your name will be glorified, that you will be seen. No other options. So make this this week, write down your options and then cancel them out. No options. No, not Australia. Fires. No, no other options. I'm staying. I'm staying. So how to overcome in 2020? just want to put the four, four points to summarize. You know, push through the flesh if you want to dwell in the presence of God. Realize that you're spiritually sick if you, you don't have a hunger for God. That's a good place to start. Say, Lord, please heal my heart. Secondly, reduce the value of other things. Don't put your trust in other things. It's going to leave you empty. Nothing compares to God. Upgrade the value of His presence. Thirdly, fast. Cut out distracting things this week. And then lastly, join us. Three-day fast. If you just want to do fruit, that's fine. But I want to challenge you to go water and then maybe add something during the day, once a day or so. But push yourself and get into the presence of God. The times you would be making food, pray. The times that you would be Eating, get into the Word. I want to tell you, He is worth it. He is worth it. Let that fire burn in your, in your heart to draw you forward into Him. Amen. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.